Halloween. Mystery lurks around every corner. Bundle up with Disney Plus and Hulu. What are you scared of? The dark. It's spine-tingling fun on Disney Plus with Haunted Mansion and Goosebumps. I'm going to need you to spread the word. Then feel the bone-chilling terror on Hulu with the Boogeyman and American Horror Story Delegate. Something's happening to me. The Disney Bundle with Hulu and Disney Plus. All of these and more streaming this month. Plans starting at $9.99 a month. 18 plus only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high yield, low effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Welcome to Shark City Unfiltered, the official podcast of Shark City Hockey, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a very special guest joining us tonight. He is a Bay Area News Group sports reporter who has covered Bay Area teams in the MLB, the NBA, and most importantly, the NHL. Covering the Salisbury Sharks for the Mercury News, Sharks fans, I am honored to welcome Curtis Pashelka. Hey, Curtis, welcome to the show. Hey, Aaron, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. So... You are originally from Calgary, Alberta. You made your way to the Bay in 94. You attended San Francisco State University, began your career with the Bay Area News Group in 2000. What attracted you to make the move to California, and how would you summarize your experience covering the San Jose Sharks? Well, I uh, I moved here. Uh, my parents were actually living here at the time, so I, uh, I uh, decided I wanted to enter in journalism. So I, uh, uh, the school I was going to in, in Calgary uh, didn't offer a degree in journalism. So I uh, decided to move down to uh, to California. I became a, uh, 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 I got my green card and, and kind of stayed here and, and uh, you know, I attended school. And eventually after school, I was able to get a, a part-time job with the paper and led to a full-time position uh, shortly after that. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I've covered the Sharks off and on for, you know, about six, seven years here. And, and, uh, you know, so far it's been, uh, it's been interesting to say the least. It's, it's very rarely been boring. So uh, <laughs> it's been, uh, so, uh, yeah, going into this year, looking forward to another season coming up here. Outstanding. So, uh, before we go into some of the hot topics for this upcoming season, I just kind of want to take a trip down, you know, memory lane being that you've been in the Bay area for the last 20 plus years, uh, just quickly, do you have any, um, stories that kind of stand out as being your favorite from some of, you know, maybe the past uh, teams? Um, you know, there's always memorable moments, you know, especially with the Sharks, kind of the the early years, you know, those those two, the, the King series, I think when I was certain, certain to uh, just start to, to cover the team, um, the two series that went to seven games were also very memorable, um, you know, covering that, that, that series, uh, the two series against uh, the Golden Knights, um, in 18 and 19, um, both very memorable for, for different reasons, of course, <laughs> but, uh, 
Uh, and obviously the cup run in, in 16 was, was something I'll never forget, at least for the, for the Sharks. And then you'll obviously getting a chance to cover some other sports here and there too. And it's been a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, you certainly remember a lot of the Sharks moments, uh, over the past several years too. Thank you for sharing Curtis. Um, so, you know, it's, let's, let's kind of speed things up to this upcoming season here. It's been an eventful off season for the San Jose Sharks, pardon me, for San Jose Sharks. I think they had a very successful draft and made some solid moves via free agency and trades. Anthony Duclair will undoubtedly be the biggest transaction for the Sharks this summer in lieu of an EK65 trade. So what do you look forward to the most with Anthony Duclair becoming a member of the San Jose Sharks? Well, just kind of how he adapts to a new environment. I think he he provides a lot of the things that the Sharks need uh, right now as far as some speed, you know, some skill on the wing. Um, you know, so I think he's going to be a motivated player going into the last year of his contract and kind of how, uh, how he adapts to playing in the Western Conference here. Um, curious to see who he plays with, whether that's on, on Tomas Hurdle's line or, or Logan Couture's line. I imagine he'll he'll you'll see some time with with both centers. My guess is he'll start the year on on Hurdle's left wing, sort of taking over that Timo Meyer spot that that uh, well that spot Timo Meyer had that for a few years there. So kind of curious to see how that develops. And you know if he has a good year, obviously that's going to be a payoff for the Sharks because I generally think that um, you know the Sharks will be in a, a seller's type position towards the trade deadline. And that, uh, you know, if, if Anthony DeClaire has a good year, um, he can certainly do, uh, get uh, uh, the Sharks a nice return, um, you know, towards the trade deadline there. So lots to look forward to as far as how, uh, how he uh, fits in with the Sharks and what kind of season he'll have. Yeah, I'm super excited to see him uh, lace up with the Sharks. Um, I'm kind of hoping that he has success and maybe has an extended stay here in San Jose. Another name that stands out this summer is Kenzie Blackwood. What do you think the goaltender situation will be heading into the preseason? Are we looking at a potential goalie battle here? Are the Sharks still looking for their guy in the net? Or is this just the Sharks giving Capocacan someone to share the workload with in the upcoming season? You know, I, I tend to think it's going to be more of a tandem situation. Um, I think the Sharks would certainly love to see um, one of those two goalies sort of grab the reins and, and really sort of establish themselves as a number one goalie. Um, I think more realistic, though, is that both guys, a little bit like last year with, with Kapokokkanen and, and James Reimer, will, will more or less share the workload. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how uh, Mackenzie Blackwood does in, in San Jose. Obviously, a couple of tough years for him with New Jersey, a lot of injuries, maybe some up and down uh, performances. So, uh, from his perspective, I'm sure he's motivated to to bounce back, and you know, obviously, he got a two year contract from the Sharks, so um, you know that's uh, that's an indication that they believe that you know he can be a part of things maybe going forward, and and uh, so I think McKenzie himself is is motivated to to uh, to have a bounce back here and and uh, help the Sharks sort of uh, you know cut down on the amount of goals against they had this past season. <laughs> Was a significant amount. So it, we'll see how it all kind of plays out and how the Sharks play around him as well. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how the um, the situation in the crease develops over the season. Obviously, E2 Mackey just um, inked a fresh deal. And then, you know, with Krona and uh, Romanoff, et cetera, you know, the pipeline in the goaltender for the Sharks, it just, 
it seems like anybody could really rise to the occasion and take that spot if they're given that opportunity. So I'm super excited to see how it all plays out by the end of the season. Um, so let's talk about some of the more hotter topics here in Sharks territory. Uh, Eric Carlson. Um, it's the summer Eric Carlson. It's just one of those things where his name's going to constantly be out there. Um, so he's just, in my opinion, the only player with real question marks regarding his future. Where will he go? When will he go? And for how much? A lot of the rumors are being thrown around these days that the deal is kind of at a stalemate. So first, I'd like to ask, have you heard anything to lead you to believe that the Sharks are set on how much salary they're willing to retain in the Eric Carlson deal that might be holding up the transaction? And do you think this move is being strategically stalled by other clubs to lower the Sharks' asking price? Well, you're right. It's a very complex situation um, the Sharks are in sort of right now. Certainly, they they just don't want to give away Carlson for nothing. But, you know, at the same time, I think they're, they're, they have to be realistic about what kind of uh, return they will get in a Carlson trade. Um, we could get some clarity here over the next few days. Um, uh, a bio window just opened up for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they could use that to to buy out uh, uh, Mikhail Granlin's contract, which right now he has two years left at five million dollars each. That that would save uh, the Penguins, um, you know, a fair amount of money enough for the, for them to sort of get under uh, the cap right now. And so we'll, we'll see what, how that kind of transpires. Maybe that's something that could uh, provide the impetus for a trade. And maybe that's something that the Penguins and Sharks have sort of been waiting on uh, for something like that to, to take place. Um, other than that, you know, if we, if we go over the next four or five days and nothing really happens, and this definitely has the possibility, has the chance to sort of dragging on maybe until next month because this is the time of year where a lot of executives like to take some time off and you know get some downtime between now and and the start of camp and you know you wonder how it's all going to sort of shake out uh over that uh over that time i i, I tend to think that uh you know the sharks uh, i think that they've said that you know and i've I heard people say too that eric carlson doesn't want to play in, in san jose ever again. Like I've heard that from, from various reports. Right. And I don't know if I've heard Eric Carlson say that specifically. I know he told uh, the publication Sweden Expressing that uh, he doesn't see the Sharks playing playing with the Sharks for four more years, obviously the length of his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I've heard him say he never wants to play for the Sharks again. And so I think there is a little, a little bit of leeway there that he could come back to San Jose for the start of the year, let things play out. If uh, if he does get off to another good start, if we get to a situation at the the trade deadline where um, you know there could be some interest in his services and the Sharks are you know out of the playoff picture, uh, that could be a, another avenue towards a trade. Uh, maybe even next year when there's more cap space, uh, maybe the cap is supposed to rise to about eighty-seven and a half million dollars. Uh, that would give it a little, give some teams more breathing room in terms of acquiring a player like Carlson. Um, but we'll see. You know, I think it's I think it's a good. I wouldn't say a good chance, but you know, there is a, a better chance of something happening maybe in the next three or four, four or five days uh, than there was. You know, over the last couple of weeks, where there was, uh, you know, basically no, very little uh, activity going on uh, in terms of trade talk with uh, with uh, Eric Carlson and the Sharks. 
Right. And just to add some more context out there for the listeners and the viewers. Um, so, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Carlson was overseas. He kind of made some indications that he doesn't intend on finishing his contract with Sharks. Um, it seems like it was in translation became like he doesn't want to be on the team anymore. I never heard him say that himself as well. Um, some of the teams that Carlson himself confirmed to be talking to have since gone on to make other deals. Uh, Hurricane signed Tony D'Angelo. Kraken signed Vince, uh, Vince Dunn. Uh, the Penguins are currently over the salary cap with uh, Drew O'Connor. You did uh, mention the talk of buyout options in Pittsburgh, but even then, what does Mike Greer even get in return for the Pens, right? So um, bottom line, Carlson has what public saying that, you know, he doesn't see his contract playing out in San Jose. And, um, yeah, I think the last question is, you know, which team do you think now is really best suited for this deal to happen? And that's something we're all going to just wait to find out. Um, so with that being said, you recently talked to um, Sharks head coach David Quinn about a Sharks team potentially without Eric Carlson. Um, Quinn said that he's looking forward to EK65 being a part of the defensive core. Uh, should he be traded? Um, he also mentioned that, you know, the system isn't tailored to just one guy. So essentially adjustments would be minimal. So in your opinion, what does a Shark team without Eric Carlson look like? And does it seem like the Sharks are really even anticipating he's not going to be on the roster in October? Well, I think Dave, from David Quinn's perspective, he, he has to anticipate that he will be here. I mean, that's the way he, he's, that's what he said as far as, um, you know, he, you know, as far as what uh, he's planning, obviously that they're thinking about contingencies um, and what might happen between now and camp. You know, we talked to him at development camp, uh, you know, about a month ago or so where he made those comments about um, Eric Carlson and, and his future. Um, you know, I think from, from his perspective, he, he has to say that, you know, we expect Carlson to Eric Carlson to be a part of uh, the Sharks, at least for the start of the season. And, and uh, you know, we'll kind of take it from there. I think stylistically with, without Eric Carlson, just from my point of view, that, that it would kind of have to change um, how they kind of go about their business because Eric Carlson's a player, you know, it's tough to put a value on what he all he brings to the team. And, you know, he, he's, he's a one-man breakout. He's a power play quarterback. He he, he plays 26 minutes a game. He's 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 you know he does so many different things for this team it's it's hard to imagine that this that the sharks just kind of go about you know business as usual without a player like him in the lineup um you know they really don't have someone in the an offensive minded defenseman um on the roster on the nhl roster just who can do that i'm sure you know, they have high hopes for a player like Mark Madulin and and the you know the defenseman they just picked up from Winnipeg a few weeks ago, uh, mm -hmm. Leon Wonky. Um, he is an offensive type defenseman, but he's never played in a significant amount of time in the NHL. And and and, and Mark Madulin is still sort of getting his feet wet in, in terms of North American professional hockey. So, you know, when you look at the roster, it's it would have to be some sort of massive adjustment, I think, in in, in tactics to. Um, for the Sharks to kind of go about their business without a player like him, I think you'd have to be a little bit more conservative on, 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 uh, you know, on, on certain, uh, on certain uh, scenarios, certain, certain uh, way you, you play and, 
Yeah, just, the defensive pressure, the lineup, all that's going to have to definitely compensate for that lack of uh, offensive juggernaut style that he brings. For sure. Yeah, and it's just uh, – so we'll see. You know, I think it would it would leave a massive void for this team, and you it would kind of – we talked to Henry Thrun about it at camp, development camp, and he would just say, you know, it's kind of maybe have to be by committee. I mean, you know, well, not one guy is going to have to – going to be able to replace all that he does. It's just a matter of everybody stepping it up a little bit to sort of um, make up for that, uh, make up for that absence. But obviously, uh, you know, easier said than done when you're uh, not at, uh, you don't have a number 65 out there. And when you think about it, the Sharks have had an offensive, really offensive minded defenseman on their roster for about 15 years. You start with Dan mm-hmm. Boyle in the late 2000s, and then you go transition to Brent Burns yeah. for all those years. And then and, and obviously Eric Carlson coming into the coming into the mix. So what is it, what does your Sharks team look, look like without that type of offensive-minded defenseman? I mean, you got to look – you got to go back a ways to sort of look at that style of play and what that was like. And, you know, it wasn't uh, – Very wasn't gritty. It was as it is uh, – has been, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see how it all how it all transpires. And – if they can do it before, if they, if a trade happens before camp, at least that gives the team some some uh, a chance to uh, sort of form an identity without a, without a player like Gar Calls. Yeah, that that's an interesting point. You know, it's been a long time since we haven't had somebody back there on the blue line to play essentially quarterback. And honestly, you know. A lot of us seen this resurgence from Eric Carlson when Brent Burns left. Should Eric Carlson not be on the roster come October? I'm excited to see, you know, how the rest of these Sharks players step up and rise to that occasion. Hey, Sharks territory. I would like to take a moment to remind you that tonight's show was brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. So we're going to pass on the puck for a quick word on their latest sports-related contests. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. Or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, in West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charles Town Races, in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. one boost per eligible game. Often required, max bet $50, 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. We all have our own soundtrack for the summer, and I listen to mine on my Raycon wireless earbuds. When I'm walking my puppy or simply retreating to my room to get away from the fam, I'm doing so with my Raycon wireless earbuds. Now I can list a dozen reasons why I love my Raycon wireless earbuds, but I'll share a few. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including 8 hours of playtime. They come with custom gel tips making the in-ear fit so comfortable. But what feels better than that is they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Shark City Unfiltered listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Um, I want to shift gears toward Tomas Hurdle really quick. 
Uh, prior to Mike Greer's arrival, Hurdle was given that 8x8 by Joe Will, the interim GM at the time, presumably becoming the centerpiece in which the team would build around the future. Uh, does, that, does that still seem to be the plan with Mike Greer's Sharks? Well, it, it's a situation where I don't think he's looking to to trade him or trade Tomat or trade Lumkacher. I think he looks at those guys as sort of being um, leaders on the team right now, sort of the tent poles uh, that the Sharks have to build around in terms of their their forward group. Uh, you know, it's very hard to you have a number one center um, or you know a top six center like uh, Tomas Hurdle and Lumkacher. Um, you know, those guys are hard to replace. And so it's going to take time for for a Will Smith to sort of come along and take along that mantle for a, maybe even a, a William Eklund or a Philip Bestead to to sort of take those reins. And so in the meantime, um, I think Mike Greer is looking at Tomas Hurdle as being a someone he, he wants to have a bounce back year this year. Uh, they've talked. Uh, I think I think Tomas Hurdle knows that he has to be better this year and, just from a, uh, an emotional standpoint, too, I think you saw a lot, Tomas heard a lot last year, kind of get down on himself. Where's, you know, where's disappointments on his mm-hmm. sleeve? And I think this, I think the Sharks would like to see him more, uh, you know, try to try to be on a more of an even keel kind of thing, not not so up and down, and and be that sort of project that's have that sort of. Uh, show that example uh, towards some of the younger players on the team. And, you know, if Tomas Hurdle can have uh, a bit of a bounce back here, um, you've got some other forwards on the team who could put the puck in the nets. I mean, um, you know, that'll go a long way in, in sort of helping the Sharks at least be a bit better than they were this past season. Absolutely agree with everything you said. Um, I still believe in Tomas Hurdle. A lot of Sharks I'm anticipating have bounced back years. Uh, Mar Ferraro is just another name to throw out there. Um, but speaking of centermen, that fourth line center position seems to be vacant unless you plug it with Jacob Peterson or William Eklund. So assuming that they both play at the wing, is Thomas Bortolo the automatic favorite to get that position? You know, I think he'll certainly be in the mix. My, my question is, is he really a prototypical fourth line center? I mean, I think Nico Sturm mm-hmm. filled that role last year, but then um, sort of outgrew it and mm-hmm. sort of became you know the third line center. Um, I'm, I'm curious, I, I, I guess I'm curious what the expectation is for uh, David Quinn for his fourth line center, what what that role looks like. Um, you, I don't think you can discount a Ryan Carpenter sort of maybe potentially uh, giving a, a competing for that role for the start of the season. That's a good point. Uh, and maybe putting and maybe keeping Bordalo at the American League level for at least uh, – uh, the first couple of months of of, uh, of the year, um, you know, you mentioned Jacob Peterson. I think I think that's he 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 was I mean, he's played that role a little bit before. You know, uh, in, his, in his Dallas days, I think he was a little bit of a a centerman, but uh, he also played a lot of top six minutes, top nine minutes on the wing. And so I think we'll see how his role kind of develops. I think I think I, I guess one player to sort of really look look out to as, as far as can he uh, continue the, to have a, a uh, continue where he left off sort of last year. So yeah, that fourth line center uh, role is really going to be one to watch this, this coming, uh, this coming camp and see how that all um, kind of unfolds. I do have question marks about whether Bordalo is that guy uh, that uh, 
uh, can fill that uh, fill that void, at least the, the the way that David Quinn wants that uh, void to be filled uh, on that line. So we'll see. We'll see. That's going to be one of the interesting interesting questions at camp for sure. Oh yeah. And uh, we'll get hopefully we'll get to see these guys in action for the uh, rookie faceoff that's going down in Nevada in uh, about a month. Uh, Curtis, I want to thank you again for being a guest on the show. At this time, I want to welcome you to plug any projects or platforms and share some final thoughts with Sharks fans of uh, what we could look forward to. What might be some of the big uh, storylines to pay attention to throughout the season? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be you know we're obviously going to be following the Carlson situation here over the next few days. Uh, see how that plays out, see what Pittsburgh does, and if that has sort of a domino effect in terms of a trade between the Sharks and the Penguins. Um, I tend to think that uh, that's going to be the dominant storyline, but you've also got several other stories coming in. You mentioned the, the rookie faceoff coming up in, in Vegas. I think you want to sort of uh, establish maybe a bit of a pecking order, sort of net. You mentioned the young goalies the Sharks have. You know, I think they'd love to see Itu Makaniemi sort of take a take that next step as far as establish himself as a number one goalie at the American League level, and potentially um, stepping into a full time NHL role either by the end of this upcoming season or by uh, the start of the twenty four twenty five season. Um, see what the other goalies have uh, have to offer. A little a, a big question mark with those guys with uh, <laughs> with guys like Corona and. And uh, the, uh, the the Russian, I forget his name, but the, the Russian goalie. Uh, Georgie Romanov? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And kind of see how he adapts to to uh, to North American ice uh, uh, this upcoming year. So kind of curious to see how that shakes out. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. There's going to be a lot of questions uh, leading into camp. And so certainly we'll be ramping up our, uh, our uh, uh, you know, Content, I guess you could say, at uh, mercurynews.com and eastbaytimes.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Curtis Pichelka. Uh, uh, is it not Twitter? Is it not Twitter anymore? Is it? Yeah. It's X. It's X. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Still getting used to that. So same. <laughs> I'm just, for right now, I'm just calling it the app formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> that's a good. Yeah, that sounds good. That's a good plan. I think so. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if it all shakes out. You know, camp will be here before you know it for sure. Curtis, thank you so much for being on the show. I know you're a busy man. So at this point, you know, we'll just conclude the episode. I invite you to, you know, be a guest throughout the season if you like and you have the time. Uh, once again, fans, Sharks fans, you could find Curtis Bashelka on the app formerly known as Twitter, at Curtis Bashelka. And, of course, you can read all the Sounds of Sharks coverage on the Mercury News. Have a great rest of your night, Curtis. Thank you so much again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Appreciate it. And that wraps up the Friday edition of Shark City Unfiltered. Be sure to follow us on social media across the board at Shark City Hockey. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe every episode of this Shark City Unfiltered podcast can be enjoyed at SharkCityHockey.com. I'm Aaron James signing off. All right, Sharks fans, you have a great rest of your weekend.